Hi, and welcome to the 45th episode of the Machine Ethics Podcast. This month, I'm chatting with the lovely Maria Accente from PwC. We talk about responsible AI and defining AI ethics terms. How is it ethics and AI are related to good business outcomes? The connection of ethics and risk. Ethics and the AI lifecycle. AI reflecting society and much more. There are a couple of times during this recording where the, the audio goes a bit out of whack. Please bear with us, it does come back in eventually, and sorry for the inconvenience. You can find more episodes from the Machine Ethics Podcast at machine-ethics.net. You can contact us at hello at machine-ethics.net. If you'd like to support the channel, you can go to patreon.com forward slash machine ethics. You can also get hold of us on Twitter and Instagram and follow the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening and hope you enjoy. Hi, um, Maria. Hi, Ben. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Um, could you please briefly introduce yourself, uh, who you are and what do you do? Hello, Ben, and hello, everyone. Uh, Mar- my name is Maria Accente. I work for PwC in UK, um, and I look after a proposition we call Responsible AI, which is, in fact, also a philosophy of doing AI in a responsible and ethical manner. And it sits at the intersection in between uh, good uh, end-to-end governance, um, uh, risk management and apply ethics and ultimately with the purpose of delivering AI solutions that are aligned with car problem and do it in a sustainable and, and, and responsible manner. I also look after AI for good proposition, which is um, very much looking how do you align emerging technology, especially AI, with the sustainable development goals and again use a lot of the knowledge we develop in for-profit and non-for-profit and being able to create um, sustainable impact over time awesome thank you very much that all sounds great um i I was going to ask you what what responsible ai is i'm doing air quotes here but you've kind of sort of outlined it right so uh, do you Mm. do you think there's a there's this idea over here of ai ethics and then there's this kind of gradual um separation of terms towards maybe something more like responsible ai do you think those two ideas are similar related completely different the AI ethics and the kind of responsible AI? I think that's an excellent question. And to be honest, it was something that we we in in the AI community have been discussing for a while is what's the 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 relationship in between the ethics and responsibility side and how to best define it then define this this correlation so that whenever we go into practice we understand what is what in order to deliver, especially for people who are outside the the knowledge base and are 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 in fact the ones more likely that will take this to the next level uh, from our perspective we we do we we did take um, a bit of time to understand those different concepts how they come together and um uh, when we define responsible ai um and and uh, first as a as a as a philosophy and then as a as a toolkit that we are using to do all this, we quickly realize that ethics is at the core of what we define responsible AI because in, in fact, responsibly delivering something, it's um, almost like a moral obligation if you want. So um, in in trying to define those terms, I think uh, we started with, with um, probably a more practical and uh, uh, attitude thinking 
yes, we understand that ethics comes from um, the philosophy angle, but we are um, uh, professionals here that we, we know little about philosophy. So how can we translate that theory of ethics into something that's practical and we can work with? And um, very quickly, we, we, we realize that there is this gap in between the the, uh, the research and and the theory of um, ethics AI ethics technology ethics and what happens in the real uh, uh, life and there's also a even bigger gap in between the science uh, of AI ethics coming from philosophy and the science of AI ethics um, and and the application in the data science uh, is that middle ground that very few people addresses. And um, there's a lot of opportunities here and a lot of risks as well, because in fact, um, if, if we are looking for sustainability in um, delivering responsible AI, we need to be looking how to change behavior, how to build the right structures and how to update uh, uh, processes. And we haven't done that. And that's where responsible AI is useful and a bit handier than ethics because ethics carries a legacy of the taxonomy or the name if you want and we don't have time to necessarily to go and up, up, up change it and update it and now i i, I speak as a, as a practitioner rather than a researcher or or, or someone who work in that field rather than can we agree uh, uh the terms we're using uh and their definition and then go away and do it because I think the world doesn't wait for us to 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 redefine what ethics is and then what AI ethics isn't or is not. I'm, I'm getting this kind of overlap where kind of responsible AI is kind of in the middle between you. You're talking about translation and and making sense out of both of these worlds, right? So mm -hmm. kind of more um, theoretical and then the more practical uh, applied side and kind of making a bridge with maybe something like whatever that is and it just so happens that maybe the terminology of responsible ai is more useful um because of this histor historical kind of context of ethics and it's maybe more palatable to be talking about something other than ethics although like you were saying ethics is at the core of the the thrust of all this right um stop me if, if any of that's wrong obviously but um is this stuff that is because i'm really interested in, in where this comes from because as a as a um, community, we all have our different kind of angles, and and I'm I'm sort of really really interested in the technology side, but I have this kind of moral obligation, um, seemingly to my fellow man, and, and making technology good, like useful and 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 palatable for society. Um, but do do companies come to you? You know, do your clients come to you and and ask for this, or is it something that you're uh, almost thrusting upon them? Um, because it's the right thing to do. How's this happening? How's this operating? That's a very interesting question. And I would say that I, I think it's a balance. We we are seeing companies coming to us uh, in specific sectors like financial services and um, asking for a little bit of support and understanding how to approach um, this new, new domain. Um, uh, most of the requests at the moment, in fact, comes via the data ethics side. Um, um, but it's 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 in our responsibility to 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 try to educate um, our clients what um, ethics for technology in general is and what are different flavors they will take in in certain data and, and AI. Um, 
but I think this is coming mainly because because of all of us that the 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 the, the public um, debate that has happened in the last in the last uh, three years alone um, has uh, increased the level of awareness of the public then and then um, uh, the uh, decision makers within the enterprises. So. Uh, um, and with that, obviously, the, the high interest from the government and, and the regulators in understanding how those issues um, uh, impact uh, society at large and what's the role they should be playing um, in, in uh, safeguarding us against uh, technology that especially the ones that are um, uh, mass adopted and must use. Uh, but there's, I think, it's, it's still not enough, right? Uh, the ones that are reaching out as the ones that um, have understood and are probably in a leadership position, uh, but I feel the vast majority, they still need to catch up. And I think one area that um, all of us should join forces and work together is actually demonstrate uh, on, on a piece of paper how uh, ethics for AI um, it's connected with a good business outcome, right? From the from the business ethics, and I come come from the business ethics side. Um, we don't talk about ethics because an ethical business is a good business, right? What good is, yes, is debatable, and business ethics has um, also doesn't have one of the best reputation we we all know that but also offers a lot of the tools uh, uh to to make uh, or or to deploy ethics for uh, for ai as i said in a sustainable sustainable manner so um it's down to us all in this community either we call it responsible technology or responsible ai community or ethical ai community to come together with our area of expertise and see how we connect the dots. How do we demonstrate to someone who is um, uh, a CEO or a C-suite of a large organization how deploying or an ethical or unethical AI solution that's embedded um, within a business uh, uh, process, within a, a value chain, delivers outcome. And this is where we haven't done a lot of analysis. We make the assumption that someone who is a budget holder, oh, he will, they will understand. If they understand the philosophy, fine, because they don't have to, but they will understand it with data science lenses but they won't. And this is where we need to do a better job in demonstrating, in fact, the economic value of, of ethics for AI. Mm. Um, and it's not easy, right? Because ethics permeates throughout the, the life cycle of AI. And you can't just say, if we do it in, in this stage, uh, it's, that's how it's going to be, uh, you know, delivering value at the next stages. It's a little bit more difficult, but we also have some tools in hand, right? Uh, the, the science of, of of risk management, especially in some of the industries like financial services, a very mature one, right? Mm. So um, companies are used uh, to to uh, define and understand and mitigate risk, and they understand how risk impact their overall performance. Why not understanding how ethics and risk are connected and bring them together and demonstrate that in being um, uh, uh, um, ethics and and um, the outcome, the final outcome. Yeah. Um, you were talking briefly about the kind of pipeline. Uh, do you have some sort of formulation that you can share with us about how you feel about those different areas of implementation of these ideas, toolkits, methodologies, those mm -hmm. sorts of things? Yeah, obviously, it's um, the, the market is 
uh, we have quite we have done quite a good job in creating those tools, right? So that I I map um, um, a crowdsource a list of uh, assessment, diagnostic, and and um, uh, uh, impact or or lists uh, that are, are potentially to be used in the realm of data and AI. Also, the many tools like very recently Omidar Network has launched the um, uh, Ethics Explorer. Um, which is a phenomenal uh, tool that you can use to understand the impact of technology uh, at the application level. So I think it's it's a matter of us understanding um, the tools we have available, create new ones if we need to, but then apply it at the right stage within the process. And um, something that um, we have done part of responsible. I probably um, the, the the slide that brought most joy to people. You know that in 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 consulting, people speak uh, slideish, right? So we speak PowerPoint. That's the language we do. So we will be quite accustomed to create slides for a living, and we've created um, this visual of uh, the um, the AI life cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And we demonstrated that in fact, when you develop AI, it doesn't start with the stage of business understanding and develop, de de defining the problem. And then you can go in, in into all the other stages. It starts way further into the corporate strategy and everything is connected. And especially with, with a technology like AI, um, the, those stages have a significant more uh, 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 impact than in, in previous uh, uh, or with previous technology. Therefore, we need to understand how uh, everything is connected, how when you make a decision at strategic level, what does it mean at operational level from the people's process perspective and how that translates into the work you do um, in specific application for the specific parts of the business. So I think having that big picture of how everything connects uh, on not just on the technology side, but what on the wider organization side is probably the first step. And the second one is actually to look how how do you want to use those tools and at what what moment? And they're extremely useful, right? But they are not enough. Because um, ultimately, uh, what we should be aiming towards is a change in behavior. You know, all those tools help us um, to, 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 to raise the awareness and give us um, uh, the 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 right uh, if you want uh, uh, elements to be able to um, develop this technology, uh, which is a novelty at the moment, right? We haven't had to do this thinking before in the previous technology and on all the other work. Um, but ultimately, the aim should be a change in behavior, and the change in behavior comes not only by using those tools day in this out but also making sure that uh, it's enforced by a policy by the right training um, also having the right uh, processes of of collecting when something goes wrong do we have that right when we have an application that is biased is there any process where someone go and say pick up a, a hotline and say i've discovered that we discriminate against um, this target group and what do we do about it? It. So I think that's when you see how everything comes together, right? It's um, the, the 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 application development development, but also the wider context where this application actually is is set to um, set to perform. And it's something that Virginia Dignum keeps on saying, and I I love to quote her in and out: is that AI is not just data and 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 the model. 
AI is the technology plus the context it operates. And sooner you understand that the context is so important for AI, you understand that uh, and, and, and you wish to have that um, the, the values embedded through, throughout, you, you give equal attention, not just to the development of the technology itself, but what happens within the context. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the example I usually give in that area is because I'm um, heavily interested in the art form of computer games and because it's a technical and a artistic one. And you can make AI agents in a game and that's one context where you can make an AI agent essentially in giving out people's um, uh, healthcare or, or, or money <clears throat> if they're on the dole or something similar, universal um, credit. So these are extremely different contexts, um, but you have this thread of AI that is uh, can be used across them. Um, so the context of its use is probably, you know, profoundly uh part of the situation right it's not just um like you're saying the the, the technical implementation um uh, of data it's you mm. know you know how does that uh, data and model interact with its environment um mm-hmm. is is extremely important um when we're trying when we we're talking about people's lives and and well-being and imagination and um influence you know uh, mm-hmm. and all these sorts of things so do you, I mean, just obviously if you're a larger organization um, or someone who is, you know, you could you could just give PwC a call and, and probably um, and ask some questions. But for those people who are interested in this area who um, maybe don't have access um, or aren't necessarily reading all the all the materials, because there's a lot to read, right? There's a, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, is there any recommendations for uh, for things that people should look at? Obviously, you mentioned the um, the Ethical Explorer, which was just this week released. Was that right? Yes, it was yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another kind of resources. Uh, as you said, I think um, uh, kudos to everyone who has mm. has created um, extremely useful education context uh, uh, con- content. Um, so we're no short of that, um, mm. uh, but. But what we probably need is a little bit of a helping hand how to uh, assess which one are relevant for a specific context. Mm. And um, um, I have a few that recommend, uh, and I, I they, are, they are the type of content that actually um, set the tone um, to, to my thinking in this field. Mm. Probably the ones that are, I refer the most is the IEEE uh, Ethical Aligned Design. Um, it's not just that, that it's a phenomenal work of uh, 700 people that worked tirelessly over the period of, of three years and brought together uh, a, a, a wide range of, of diversities. Also, um, because looks looks beyond um, beyond the development of technology itself into the context and also provides a bit of a critical thinking of um, uh, the ethics itself and how so far we have been focused uh, a bit too much on the Western side of, of the philosophy of ethics. And mm. um, if we are to truly stand up for, for diversity of humanity, especially when we deploy solutions that are globally used in, 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 in a flurry of cultures and, and democ- uh, um, geographies, we need to start uh, um, understanding um, 
uh, different value systems and how to to bring those into the mix rather than just um, continue to embed the the western philosophy into it um another very good book um which is a a primary if you want a collection of essay is um ai ethics um uh, it's it's a a small book uh, um which gives um as i said a, a, a very nice entry into the topics mm. and um for for someone who doesn't uh, uh have time to to read uh, uh, different articles and be plugging into the, the news machine. Mm. Uh, I think it's, it's a very useful uh, uh, starter. Um, and uh, another document that, that I really like to recommend people is, uh, in fact, um, uh, one produced by the German Data Ethics Commission. Uh, it's a report they produced last year, was originally published in um, in German, and then they finally translated into into English. The reason I recommend that it's it's only a 300 pages document, but it's again uh, uh, probably one of the best um, uh, walk through to the world of AI, obviously placing um, uh, the uh, ethics of it and different ethical principles, uh, privacy, fairness, um, explainability within that context with a very robust approach to implementation, right? So mm. what do we have to do next? What falls on the responsibility of the regulators, of the wider society, of the governments of AI and the users of AI? Mm. And obviously there are a flurry of outlets out there that uh, that uh, um, look at this topic of AI and ethics uh, from with, with different lenses, from other Lovelace, um, here in UK uh, to AI Now. Again, AI Now is a fantastic outlet and I highly recommend their reports. So understand that um, when you move out of the uh, theory of ethics into the um, uh, applicability of ethics, and AI ethics is in fact applied ethics, right? Um, we need to bring together um, a much more diverse diverse set of experts um, and their knowledge, uh, social sciences, uh, business, um, data science, uh, operation, but also the, the, the philosophy and, and um, uh, the side of it. So in a way, it's with all the materials that is you start getting an, a, 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 a probably that understanding um, Virginia was talking about they, how important the context is for AI and the context is humanity, right? And if AI is the, is the mirror we see humanity in, of course, we, we're not going to like it. Of course, we are discovering some horror stories about how, uh, um, how racist we are, how, how, uh, how we promote inequality uh, in so many areas of lives. But hey, it's also a big opportunity for us to address it. Uh, as we've discussed earlier, uh, you know, every single crisis in, in, uh, should be regarded as, as both a threat and an opportunity. And if we are starting with those lenses, we will see what a huge opportunity AI offers us to actually go and fix what's wrong with us. Mm. Um, and we are in that critical moment, right? With everything that has happened um, around us, we have the time to pause and reflect and say, how do we want to take this forward? Are we happy? Uh, we're doing this or do we want to challenge and we definitely we want to challenge it 
how to organize ourselves to challenge it. That's a, that's a different conversation for a, a hundred hour podcast, but there are <laughs> lots of positive news coming yeah. from all different parts of society. The people, uh, uh, um, awareness of those topics is increasing uh, of the uh, the gen z that's coming after us uh, who are even more um, educated uh, on on those those topics so i i expect some wonderful things to happen in this space in the next few years um as long as we we remain brave and courageous about the things that we're going to be discover about humanity um, and being able to to uh, uh, deal with, with those in a positive and proactive manner and solve it rather than just say, yes, yeah, we know that um, we have been uh, wrong doing this for centuries, but um, yeah. we can change it. So, yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because it's you can go in many ways. Like you've said a lot of um, really interesting stuff there, and you can go into lots of different areas. And it's almost like um, it's hard to know the world that we want, but we can probably more easily see the world that we don't want as we're looking into that mirror. You know, as we're discovering things about mm. um, what the technology is picking up in the data that we're giving it, and all these sorts of ideas. So it's. There's a good example of word embeddings. Um, so you just embed. Uh, so there's an AI technique of having words and embedding them in vectors. And what this gives you is some sort of notion of relatedness. So when you're putting mm -hmm. words through a uh, model, you can get other words out which are somewhat related. And you find that it's often sexist or biased towards certain... Uh, you know, social gender tropes uh, or, you know, ethnicity tropes or th th sort of that, which is present in the the words that it was used to embed it. So given that's the case, your, your, your next kind of idea based on what you were saying is basically that's not great. You know, we can probably see that's not great. Um, but what are we going to do about that? You know, and that's that's probably interestingly enough, like the bigger problem, you know, how are we going to structurally change in mm -hmm. a, in a positive direction and do we even know what that direction is maybe it's easier for word embeddings than it is for maybe something more nuanced um i'm not sure but it's really it's really quite interesting um to to be both applying this technology and also to be kind of stepping back and going oh actually this is mm -hmm. changing the way we think about society and philosophy and and what we should be doing with ourselves uh, in the future I, I'm I'm still uh, optimistic um, because I, I I could see how much progress we have done in the three in the last three years, how much awareness we have raised, how much uh, uh, investment at least in UK were allocated. Right, we have someone like Ada Lovelace, we have the Centre for Data Ethics and Innovation, and many other wonderful outlets that do tires work in first raising awareness and, and um, mm. next being able to. Um, Create the body of knowledge that that will 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 provide the right evidence for policy making, right? Because I think there are two levers where where we need to be acting in creating um, profound structural change. One is obviously at application level, going back to the various tools um, that will allow us to debias uh, NLP and 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 um, explain our models. And yes, we know that's not enough, but is a good start. We have to do this, right? 
we know the bigger problems to solve is is around structures but even the bigger problems to solve is in fact the mental models that will uh, that that uh, uh, allows us to operate right and if you if you are take taking a, a, a look at the world through the lenses of systemic thinking, and I'm a big fan of system thinking, I think uh, we very quickly acknowledge that the world operates now at the, the most shallow level, right? Um, and that's the level of events. We are, we see the events, we react to events. But then when we start, you take a step back, you start seeing that under the water, you know, the, the full body of the iceberg is the first layer right after the events are the patterns, right? So all events happen in patterns. We know that the data tells us, you know, um, that that's the case. But the pattern generated by the fact that, um, uh, knowledge is uh, is is organizing structures. We are organizing structures, so everything is a structure, right? So therefore, the next layer down is structure. But you know, the last level and where where the magic happens should act are at the mental model level, right? The fact that uh, our perception um, has been shaped through you know our lives and education and and the way we have lead our lives and that is actually influencing fundamentally how we are place ourselves in a structure or another and how when we start behaving in patterns and the events we see so if we are to address you know the the, the big problems humanity has we have to go to the root cause and the root cause are whatever you and I and the rest of the world think of all those those issues. And that's where, you know, everything has happened with um, the the Me Too, the Black Lives Matters, with the climate change and extension rebellion and all those um, movements, right? They are, in a way, they, they do operate at that mental model level, right? Because first we raise awareness that such issues exist, right? Yeah. We are all horrifi horrified to learn you know, uh, that that abuses against women go, you know, right to the top of our society in places that we call the factory of dreaming, right? So um, knowing about it is the first step in addressing it. Um, but um, I think the next level is for us to take this awareness and power the action, right? And go to creating the right structure and the right structure because so fundamental to the way humanity operates could not be done uh, by 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 us individuals have to be done um in in areas that um where the structures operate you know at, at the country level uh via a robust uh, policy uh also at a, a company level so all all our organization are big structures uh, that embed or not some of those problems that ultimately get to be reflected in AI. Therefore, we have to go and address the 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 the, the structural problems within organization, not just the society level. And that's where we need um, the the leaders of the world, right? It's not just uh, about the 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 experts or the political leaders, but mm. everyone who is a leader in their own field to sign up and, and and understand that we are all in it we can't achieve this change that uh, uh without working together and ultimately our success will be obvious in how how we deliver ai because again ai will tell all right yeah it's yeah. the level of transparency that ai brings to humanity is astonishing it's almost like like you can't hide anymore right you can't hide so look look at the facebook example and mm. compare it with has happened with um 
uh, another big corporation in 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 the 50s in the 60s when a corporation had their own ordeal and i'm not going to give names in 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 any way but back in the days uh you know when there was a there, w- there was a problem with a major organization they could hide behind the corporate doors right yeah it's less yeah. and less the case less and less the case and that gives takes away from a little bit of the power a little bit more of the power from the corporation all the way down to society and say if we understand it we're going to do something about it in some cases the change is uh, is fast uh, but we should also be prepared for um for a marathon of change um especially when we talk about um uh, issues like like racism um and and um the way women are perceived in society we're not going to solve it this, this this generation but um if we do the right thing we will put our children in a much better position yeah when they they will end up being the adults and the decision makers yeah and uh, uh, that resonates really deeply with me because i have a a 3 year old um boy and a zero-year-old girl currently um still in the oven so it's it's deeply affecting to to that to them you know um there's it's a it's an irony because you say there's so much transparency in ai but then there's also zero (laughs) transparency yeah it's a paradox (laughs) um in some models obviously not 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 in all of the different machine learning models but um it's a it's a trope that it, we, you know, part of the the ethical AI um, principles is to of transparency is to to have more transparent, more applicability to um, both these institutions, but also um, the way that things are operating. Yeah. And um, that's interesting. I, I have so many things to ask you, but um, it sounds like from what you've just said that you you don't think AI in this context, like this. Uh, data-led technology is a trinket to be used for making more money and to, you know, plug into your infrastructure and just make your business be better or whatever. It's not really about that. It's about wholesale, um, social, planetary futures, basically. Um, It's much wider than maybe... If someone um, is looking into the space and is interested in um, making some correlations, making some predictions, maybe looking at the stock market, it's probably where lots of people start and and fail, fall flat pretty quickly. But um, uh, and and you know making a buck, it's it's not really about that to you. It's more about this um, way of seeing ourselves using technology and maybe making useful technology, which is then going to lead us to a more good place. Yeah. I, I hope so. I, I really hope so. And call me an optimistic and my friends and my colleagues know that I'm an, an uh, evergreen optimistic. But uh, I think we, we need that. We, we need um, people with different attitudes to come together and being able to, um, to see or, or, or to sign up to this vision. Mm. And what um, gives me um, more reason to be optimistic besides the, the Gen Z. And I, I do um, quite a bit of work on this space. Uh, one of the, the topics that I'm uh, is very close to my heart is the AI for children. Uh, I work with UNICEF and World Economic Forum on their respective initiative on, around the AI for children and how, to, how do we, uh, again, raise awareness about the need of developing uh, uh, solutions that are ch- mm. 
child-friendly, thinking that now children are around technology much more than before, and the fact many of the technology that they they have an impact of them, they are not built with children's safety and development in mind. Um, so besides besides um, my um, optimism in regards to, to the next generation, um, and, and their approach to life, they have seen the failing climate change. They have, they are exposed mm. to a lot of the news that, and, and, and the events that happens in the world, right? They are on social media. They, they, they see what happens in different corners of the world. They have witnessed, mm. you know, or have heard of, uh, the horrors of the wars around the world and, and, other other dramatic events for humanity and then that in a way has has shaped or is shaping the way they um they perceive the world and the way they think about their role in society which is much more and much more towards uh the 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 collective rather than individual and it will be so exciting to see obviously hopefully we will be retired in a in a nice cottage somewhere in the mountains or uh, the sea you know uh, Pick, uh, pick your pick, pick your choice. Yeah. Uh, in the end, there are only three thousand uh, Greek islands, so potentially that's we can save for one for our retirement. Okay. Um, it will be inter interesting to see how this um, this generation will will shape um, society whole and 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 capitalism, right? Because I feel um, the. the the capitalist model we have at the moment is so much focused on individual, on competition and personal gain that has brought us to the to the brink of of uh, where we are at the moment. And besides besides this long term uh, reason to be optimistic on 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 the on the Gen Z approach to um, uh, everything in life, I think the second one which I see coming from the enterprise is is the genuine desire of many organisations. So. Um, to actually be much more purpose-driven, right? The CSR, corporate social responsibility, was the core of the business ethics. And um, uh, in, in some parts, it was used as, as a way of, of cover uh, uh, unethical corporate practices, uh, but not anymore, because again, uh, technology has, has put all of us in a, in a glass house. Humanity is becoming a glass house where things become more and more transparent. Uh, so I, I can pick up from our leadership and, and others, our clients, a genuine uh, interest in, in aligning their businesses with purpose and defining their purpose and, and um, uh, bringing their employees to the level of, of actively uh, being involved in their purpose. And that purpose is a social one, right? It has less to do with making some shareholders richer and richer in mm. and more to do with like, what's the role we should be playing um, within the wider society. And that has and sh would have um, profound implication of the way we use this technology, right? So one of the examples is the role of job automation. And the fact that we've been talking about job automation uh, uh, in, in, in a very much uh, top-down, uh, done-to-worker uh, type of approach. And we come up with those fantastic uh, estimates like either job losses, job created, and how many people would be out of jobs. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's another side to it. Um, and the side side of it is empowering um, the, the current employees um, to, uh, to start a journey of upskilling and education for them to be able to co-design those new roles. Because ultimately, it's not about 
you know, uh, uh, robots or, or machines taking over. It's about this technology being aligned with uh, human human problems, right? And being able to be used to augment humans uh, and only replace where it is uh, we we secure a, a, a role for the human first. And I can see that what what has happened with with um, my colleagues, we've started this massive upskilling program uh, uh, a, a bit before, long before before the crisis. But I can see the benefits. Mm -hmm. I can see people who have studied accounting or business management, and now they're using Altrix and Tableau, and they're getting so excited because um, they can see they can see a future for them. They can see that mm -hmm. their jobs, even some of the parts, will be done by AI they could still be relevant. So I think this type of attitude uh, and the fact that he's supported by the leadership and I can see I can see many signing up to that will be another saving grace for us to make those technology or, or to place the the users and, and the those who are even indirectly impacted by those technology in the center of the design. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that's that's the the right vision for AI, right? Mm. To be human centric at all the time, and with human centric, of course, we we bring uh, everything about ourselves, including our our values and our morality that translates into ethics. So when we start thinking that every technology should be done not to us but with us, I I think yeah. I can see you know so much more positive outcome rather than relying in and out on the tools that will achieve a, uh, a a very discrete change within a very narrow context, but will not be able to go back and address the structural and, and the mental model um, um, that where, where, where change needs to happen first. Yeah, great. Let's do that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad we are on the same page and you know well because uh both of us are in t twitter in and out is that yeah. there's so many people out there that um believe in this vision mm -hmm. and 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 many who are perhaps sacrificing their 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 careers or financial well-being to be uh sticking to this and that's highly commendable and a big shout out to all those people who are putting the benefit of everyone else before the benefit of, of themselves and leading the way. And there are so many names. I, I don't want to quote anyone because I don't want to miss anyone out. But you know who you are, guys. And I think you're doing a great job. Um, probably one thing that I would say that we all need to be doing is start inspiring the next generation for, for, for us to start mentoring the future leaders, not just the ones that um, will um, more likely have the skills or, or the interest to join a technology career or, or, uh, or work in AI, but everyone, because they need this, right? If they uh, they are properly, they, they would re receive the, the proper support and mentorship uh, besides the fact that they understand all the wish issue we are we are about now trying to grapple with, I think we will be in a better place. So that's the the next challenge for all of us to start um, one on one mentoring with with young people around the world. And it's not that that com that it's not that difficult, right? They are out there. They're waiting for someone to shout out and say yes, hi. What was I was trying to formulate what I was going to say? Um, so this week. Um... I saw again on the Twitter spheres 
um, that there are there's uh, some jobs going at uh, number ten in the UK um, to do with uh, data science and and the head of a new data division um, to help um, you know better inform um, with analytical software and and, and you know uh, direct um, not, um, data into number 10 and things like that and it, I do wonder why that isn't already the case to be honest uh, but maybe they're doing something that uh, is more fancy than what I'm imagining um, with all this kind of uh, this is kind of stepping back again and, and maybe talking more about um, the philosophy side there is a is there a, a trend towards technology and um, the kind of data uh, fascization uh, I can't actually say that word um, it's kind of uh, taking away uh, our humanity this is the lots of people um, have the um, kind of negative attitude towards um, technology and I just wondered if you had any thoughts about um, our emotional context of human beings uh, mm. and how the technology is affecting us um, make us more data-led you know that sort of thing well that's a excellent <laughs> question and and is uh, uh, you know it's time for me to be a bit more realistic after being so optimistic for an hour about the benefits of technology and actually go back and understanding but how does this really impact um, the well-being? Because yes, we've agreed that this is a unique moment in our history and, and uh, many have pointed out that uh, that that we, we indeed um, go through a revolutionary period and how that will impact us individuals then is impacting us, especially now that we had to do this very fast transition from a, a, um, a job done with um, our colleagues in our offices in a job stance behind a screen somewhere in our uh, living room, bedrooms or, or kitchens. Um, and that's a tawny one. Um, and we I think we don't know how to approach it other than take it day by day and monitor very closely um, our levels of anxiety and being able to acknowledge and, and normalize this anxiety rather than treat it as a problem. It's okay for us to be uh, to feel um, tired and exhausted and, and, and uh, scream sick uh, and tired and Zoom um, uh, exhausted and don't hide it and don't treat it as a problem and take it from there and take a break and try to try try to find the balance. I think this is a is first is a very personal journey. You know how it is in, 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 in the airplane, right? When you're being told place uh place place the mask on you in case of an emergency before you help others. I think this should be something that we write on our walls and say all the time. You can't really help anyone if if you haven't um secure your own safety first. And that's what we need to be doing at the base level is make sure that we are in control of how technology is permeating or, or coming or, or abusing our life, you know, in a way, because it does. Right. So um, I can see how much time I spend on Twitter and I, I I'm close to admit that I'm a bit of a Twitter addict and I have to take, um, you know, to force myself to take breaks during the day, but also um, uh, uh, longer breaks uh, uh, throughout the year to make sure that I remain balanced and, and, and I detach myself from technology. So I think that's, to me, the, the first step. The second one is equally important, equally interesting. And a friend of mine 
Johnny Penn from University of Cambridge, he said something really interesting. He said, are we ready for a society where truth is derived from big data? And to me, that sounded from from a philosopher like him. Uh, it sounded like um, absolutely terrifying, right? Is really? So are we heading? It looks like we're heading. If it's not in the data, doesn't exist, really. But that data is, oh my goodness. And it's, since that moment, I had, I had this a little bit of a hard stop moment where, where we heading, right? Um, going back to what we said earlier about, um, data is, data in fact is, 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 is the true reflection of humanity. Um, also the fact that, um, we, we don't do, the collection is not quite right. The way, not just we we manage it, but the way we collect it to start with. Yeah. Um, and no, I I would say that um, we, I maybe it's we can't afford to take a step back because the things have gone too far. So we have to balance then the reflection we we require with the action as well. So um, it feels the right thing for the government, like ours, to 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 step up and being able to form a, um, a a structure that will be looking into it. And also, I think uh, we, we have the benefit that we have uh, some something like the Center for Data Ethics and Innovation, which is the only other country that after Singapore and Singapore have copied, copied us, uh, having a department within the government that is actually looking after those issues, uh, uh, the, 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 the ethics of technology, uh, in in a very very senior serious and senior position to be able to inform uh, further policy, but how to, how to do it? Maybe maybe we 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 incorporate this reflection time in our daily routine, um, not just in a personal time but also professional time, and this is what I'm 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 trying to do with myself, forcing to for myself, but also gradually inspire my colleagues to do the same if we are to think of anything ethical um ethics is about um uh, to, to to um um be reflected in our work around ai we need to to take the time to reflect about those issues because ethics is not the checklist um is an exercise that require uh uh a different type of approach and we're not used to do this you know our society has has put us on fast forward and uh, only with this pandemic we we got to stop and breathe a little bit and start reflecting of everything so why not do this right for um both in our personal life professional lives but also in our citizen life right so how can we actually support the government rather than keep on pointing fingers they haven't done this or haven't done this I think we are all guilty around the world of doing this, right? Um, pointing the fingers to our governments and only develop this somehow sometimes negative attitude towards our leaders. You know, yes, they have done this. Oh, great, great. But they haven't done this and this and this and this. What? Why not, you know, focus on, on the positive and being able to provide more support and more engagement? Uh, you know, the, the world, the, 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 uh, the times when, we are the receivers of the, what the government has done are gone, right? We should be moving into being more active citizens and, and 
uh, take a bit of the masters in our own hand with upskilling ourselves where possible and being able to contribute and 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 um, be advocates but active citizens right and help the government do this because they don't know how to do it we don't know how to do it the technology companies have also probably no clue they might be the wizards of tech but they are not the wizards of everything that ha else that happens in technology in society so yeah. maybe maybe but um let's see let's see this this yeah. this crisis will be will will it's shaking mm -hmm. it's shaking humanity and so fingers crossed let it be shaking in the right way yeah because we've had enough the wrong way shaking so Again, being optimistic. <laughs> well, I think over and over from, again. From where you're sat, you're 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 in the driver's seat for uh, pushing the awareness and the knowledge and, and the action of some of these things. So it's it's not uh, you know foolish optimism. It's optimism with work and passion behind it, isn't it? Um, really. So mm. um, I, sh I don't think you should be uh, ashamed of that uh, viewpoint. <laughs> Uh, it's, we 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 need we need more more of us to have this. Even if this time um, you, you might say that this um, might be a bit of a foolish optimism. Um, a, a a friend of mine, um, he uh, Sean McDonald from US, he he kept on looking at me and said, "How can you be optimistic? We're discussing thorny issues of uh, US politics." And I keep on saying, "Yes, but maybe we should be looking at." this in such way in such way and i think it's again um it's something that can be um can, can be educated right uh being able to get that uh, uh wider perspective and take a bit of time to reflect how everything comes together is not uh oh it's it, it's it's a talent you get born with it you you get to you get um to get educated and uh, yes, it's another thing for 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 the list for the parents for your three and zero year olds. But mm -hmm. I also feel like um, getting this diversity and, in, and and perspective allows you to to get this sense of optimism and to see how the strengths, the collective strengths, uh, uh, is much much stronger than the individual weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I I hope that more will will become those practical or, or optimists or realistic optimists or whatever we want to call us, especially the ones in powers, the decision makers mm. um, at the, every single level, right? Um, in the government, uh, in, in the public and private spheres, uh, in the education, name it, right? We need people who, who would have this approach. Um, so, yeah. A fun time to be a parent, Ben. Me thinks. You think? I think. Fun time. Yeah. Right, right the second, I'm not sure. I agree, but like maybe <laughs> going forward. Um, but you know, it, it, things are changing um, in various ways. So um, I think I'm going to be uh, much more excited when childcare comes uh, is more viable for us uh, when when baby's born and stuff. But that's an aside. <laughs> Will it be? to have a robot childcare but again I, I feel that this is the topic for another hundred podcast yeah I, I, uh, I, I fear we're coming towards the end and I really wanted to talk to you about other things 
namely science fiction and how you got into this Please. stuff. Um, so it might be that we have to come back to you again at some point. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and, and, and continue this conversation. But for our last question, we usually ask Maria, uh, within this um, area of technology and AI, what really scares you about the future and what are you really excited about? Oh, wow. That's a good question. But I, I would have loved to continue that conversation about science fiction, honestly, because yes. that, uh, yeah, um, and science in general and how they get mm. there, but for a different different um, podcast, maybe. Uh, what scares me, I'll start with that, um, is us doing nothing, us disengaging, us knowing about it and ignoring it. I think this is, scares me the most. And when I say us, uh, us, but reaching a critical mass because we also know that not everyone will have either the means or the availability to do this right we need mm -hmm. to acknowledge that uh, not everyone wants care about their data being protected that's why we need to understand and very much be aware of the public perception on technology in general right uh, and this is not just this understanding. It's not just for the for for the policymakers, but for all of us. Because only by understanding this and accepting and being able to respect this decision, we we get to understand. But who who needs to to act to protect the others? Why they don't have, as I said, the means, uh, the mm. desire, or the uh, the 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 education to do this? So that's what scares me the most for us to see it to acknowledge it and do nothing or to do do little and we're not off the hook you know the next few years are going to be uh, critical not just in terms of how how do we relate with um our life and consumption and how we treat the planet but equally how we build technology but that makes me also um uh, uh, very optimistic the fact that i i see what we could would we, we have achieved in the last three years right with the help of the same social media platforms that we are so much vilifying um perhaps i'm a little bit keen to start seeing the positive and and the good things that google and, and facebook and amazon have have got us rather than going and chasing them only for the bad bad things that uh, have or uh, ha happened or um, continue to happen and understand that we wouldn't be in this position if we wouldn't have given a platform that at the moment is free for all of us to use to come together and shape those public opinion that we so much desire uh, or, or need for action so um, this is gives me the great joys we have mm. the tools we have um, the people we have a momentum uh, for us to go after the, the what scares me the most and mm. I, I see that those two things are like yin and yang, right? So mm -hmm. what scares me the most is um, uh, uh, could be addressed by what excites me the most. The same yeah. people who are in and out, the advocates for um, a different humanity. And um, I'm going to go back and probably end with um, my, my hope for the, the young generation. Um, we will benefit a lot by having them um, at, at, the, at the table and yeah. not just do those things to them but what with them it's it's their future much more than ours and uh we owe it to them uh much more than a previous generation and it's our responsibility to um 
think of our actions with them in mind from building a chatbot um, to a smart toy to the facial recognition we use in the street think build it with your child in mind and secondly be able to bring uh, bring them and making part of this journey right as mm. as much as is possible when we deliver policy uh, in relation with technology when we design or redesign educational system uh, education uh, programs uh, or or upskilling or anything we do we have to start thinking about them mm-hmm. because they are powerful force right we keep on thinking about oh they're just children they're just teens look at Greta Thunberg <laughs> look at Greta Thunberg if one teenager was able to mobilize so many politicians imagine a handful of of Gretas that we have in every single sector to to keep us honest and keep us uh, alert and keep us awake that this is not uh, it's not just for us living in the moment it's for them as well mm. so Great. Thanks, Maria. Um, thank you very much uh, for all your time today and your um, knowledge and passion. Um, if people want to contact you, find out more about you, how can they do that? Um, thank you for having me. I think this was an exciting conversation. And, uh, uh, you know, thank you for what you're doing. Your your podcast series uh, is one of the great resources people should definitely listen, recommend and listen again. Um, uh, I, I'm on Twitter, uh, you know, easily approachable. Uh, come and find me. Um, uh, if if um, I I can help with uh, anything, I'm I'm passionate about mentoring. I'm passionate about hearing young voices. Here I am. Uh, but other than that, uh, pleasure to be here. And thank you very much for the work you're doing in in actually bringing us closer to to that vision of prosperity for humanity. So thank you. Thank you very much. Hi and welcome to the end of the podcast. Thanks again to Maria. I really enjoyed our chat and I'm super looking forward to getting her on the podcast again in the future to talk about some of the other things, the more cultural aspects, science fiction, books and other things like that. Just her love for science generally. We can chat about that another time. Thanks again for bearing with us with the audio quality. I feel really aligned with a lot of the things Maria was saying during this podcast. I think we share a lot of these same ideals and kind of ideas around what these terms mean and how we can actually do things in practice. I think I would like to see more from the philosophy side, maybe in the practical application of AI ethics, but maybe that's something that um, organizations are still trying to grapple with. One of the really amazing quotable things that Maria said was that technology should happen with us and not to us. And I think that really inspired me as well as the conversation around uh, Gen Z and the next generation coming up and, and co- co-collaborating the future with and, and for them. I think all this um, really makes sense to me and it's really lovely to kind of reflect on that sort of idea. If you'd like to hear some more of my thoughts, then join us on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash machine ethics. Hi, just a quick note to say that the podcast is supporting the Manning Rust Conference and Women in Tech Conference, and they both have loads of amazing speakers talking at the Rust Conference in September on the 15th and the Women Tech Conference on October the 13th. So check those out. If you search for live at Manning Conferences, we can find both links to the conferences in the show notes. Machine Ethics Podcast is supporting these two conferences because we are both really interested in Rust programming languages and how these things develop. 
and also about women technology and supporting diversity in technology generally. Thanks again and see you next time.